the initial session is really just getting to know the patient, know their history, doing a deep dive and finding out when the last time they were the, felt the best, they were the healthiest. And then we kind of formulate a whole plan based on what we found at that session. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my Great to Wealth listeners. Today, I actually have a pleasure to introduce you to somebody I've never brought. Somebody, uh, This person, this kind of person I've never brought on the show. She is related to me. We both are married to first cousins. So she's definitely related to me, but our last names are not the same. She is physical therapist by training. I'm going to try to say a word which I told Zankana that I'm going to avoid serial entrepreneur. It's probably I'm butchering in my Indian accent. She's a philanthropist. She's a functional medicine practitioner. She's a lot of things. She's a mom. She's an amazing woman. So I thought this would be a great person to bring on the show. Zankana, welcome. Thank you, Saket. Thanks so much. And I know you are a busy person, so I thank you for taking the time. I can't find time to meet you, even though we live about 20 minutes away from each other. I'm surprised that we were able to find this time that worked for both of us. Absolutely. Any excuse to talk about health and wellness and... There you go. I was going to think you're going to say any reason to talk to me, but that's fine. I see where it goes. (laughs) Hey, Zankana, so what we do in this show is a little bit differently. We won't go deep dive into your own practice today, right now, but we're going to start with the word migrate, right? Our show is migrate to wealth. The most important word is not wealth. It's actually the word migrate because it's people's journey that make them wealthy in life. And wealth for us is not just the money. It's the health, your relationships, your spirituality, like the whole well-being of it, right? So we want to understand your migration journey. So with that sort of a cue, give us a little bit of background on how you get to do what you do. I know you have an amazing story, not the most pleasurable journey. I think you have, you have your own ups and downs, and I've seen that. So I'm definitely aware of that. So I would love to hear your perspective on how you got to do what you're doing. Yeah. And so I think typical migration, you know, story, and it always starts, especially like in your case, my case, migrated to the United States as an immigrant because I really wanted to be a physical therapist. I wanted to study further in America. And so I came here at 16 and started college in Orlando. And that kind of ensued my journey of the, you know, American dream and became a physical therapist, got, had, did my grad school and by the time I was 21. And so I started the American dream of working. I was working as a physical therapist for about 22 years and still am a physical therapist, but about 15 years ago, decided to kind of start diversifying. I started a couple of little small businesses on the side, but really 15 years ago, decided that I wanted to go more into functional medicine. Functional medicine is more root cause medicine to really figure out the root cause. You know, as a physical therapist, I was always going to the root cause. If you came to me with shoulder tendonitis, I wouldn't just say, okay, let's treat the shoulder tendonitis. Why do you have the tendonitis? Where is it coming from? What imbalance do you have in your cervical, your neck, your upper back? We're going to fix all of that first and then get to the actual tendonitis. And so similarly, this is what functional medicine is about is root cause medicine. And so while I was raising the kids for a few years, I did a few businesses and I was an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, as we said, and did a few businesses that were very successful but something in me never wanted to give up the healthcare side of things. Loved healthcare, loved medicine, loved wanted to stay in it. And so ended up continuing that journey. And so I did that. I've been a functional medicine practitioner for almost 15 years now. 
And funny enough, as life would have it, as you said, my journey took a quite a bit of a turn. And about six or seven years ago, I started just getting really sick, really just couldn't have any explanation what was going on, just a lot of inflammatory issues, sick, and just kind of started that journey. So of course, the fact that I'm conventional medicine trained, my husband is also conventional medicine trained, decided to go down that route first. And that lasted about two years. And I had seen at that point, two endocrinologists, two hepatologists, two OBGYNs, two rheumatologists, nobody could figure out what was going on with me. And so that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to put my functional medicine hat back on and figure this thing out. And what then ensued was a four year journey of where I completely healed myself based on my knowledge, based on colleagues that were phenomenal and helping me in the process. And that's when I really said, you know what? I think the world needs to hear this. I think the world needs this kind of help where there's people that don't have these answers that we can get them these answers. And now more so even, you know, especially with COVID, modern medicine, unfortunately, doesn't have a lot of answers. And so these are the kind of things that, you know, I feel it's a person's journey that you migrate to this point to get to where you are. So, Zekna, again, feel free to say whatever you want to share. Just tell me to not push you on certain things, but I do want to ask a few highlights, right? So, not being well could mean a lot of different things, right? Not somebody who's just having a fever could mean they're not well versus somebody who couldn't even walk because their body is inflamed. That could mean... Could you give a little bit more insight into what was going through, if you feel comfortable sharing, what was going through the last those two, three years of your life where you felt the need that the modern medicine is not the answer for your problems? No, and I feel completely caring, mainly because this is a very typical story and very typical to not have answers. But especially in my case, as I mentioned, I was a physical therapist. I was working out for about 17 years, six days a week, uber fit, you know, just really in shape, very clean eater. And I went from that to being completely bedridden. So I couldn't empty a dishwasher rack. I couldn't walk down the driveway. I just became bedridden for a whole year and really was unable to function. Cognitively, I was there, but still had a lot of brain fog. And like the typical things that I would do in a day-to-day with three young kids was just becoming a very, very difficult task. So it was a quite a drastic difference from someone who just six months ago was intensely working out and CrossFit and really fit, very healthy eater, really focused on health and wellness, longevity, biohacking, and then from that to completely getting bedridden. So what was going through in your mind at that time? Help us bring it back if you can recall and if you want to relive through that experience. I just started, you know, having a lot of inflammatory issues after working out. So then, you know, first I would be laid up for a few hours after working out. And then I started getting laid up for a day, two days. And then it got to a point that if I worked out, I was in bed for four days, just fully inflamed, tolerated. And so I started wondering, like, what is going on with me? But, you know, your whole life, you've been so fit, you've been so active that you don't think that there's something really wrong with you. You just think that it's a temporary thing, some allergies, some pollen, you know, some reactive issues 
food sensitivities, you know, you think these little things because in your mind you're just such a healthy person that you don't think there's something really wrong with me. If you think about this, like you're so used to, you know, seeing your parents at a very healthy stage, I know I am, and then all of a sudden as they get older, you have to yell at them to not do yeah. a few things, not drive or not, because in their mind they can't process that they're getting older, their reactive time is getting you know slower, things like that. So this was the same concept. It took me almost six months to realize, I think there's something really wrong with me. It's not just I'm exhausted or hormonal yeah. issues, any of that stuff. There's something seriously wrong here. And so when you, I mean, you mentioned that you and your husband both are in a medical practice, right? So kind of like what, because I'm not so sure about Sealand, which is your husband, Sealand's journey in your journey, kind of like when you're feeling like that and you're in, surrounded by physicians, the answer is that something's wrong with your mind. Right, right. So what were people telling you, including your own family? Yeah. So I am so lucky in this aspect that despite my husband being a surgeon, completely conventional medicine trained, he listened to me. I think for 15 years at that point, he had seen me. We'd been married for 15 years. So he yeah. saw uber fit going 100 miles you know, a minute kind of person to really slowing down. And I was only 40 at the time. So I think he realized and he has known my journey in the functional medicine world for, you know, at that point, at least 10 years. So he knew that she does everything else alternatively as well, that something's not right. What I will say is that he was my backbone at the time in getting me, okay, should we go see an endocrinologist? And he would just email people yeah. and I'd be at the endocrinologist's office. Okay, maybe rheumatology next, maybe, you know, ID, maybe, I mean, he was just instrumental in saying, let's go see, which I thought was really sad that my primary care physician, who I was seeing every year, mm. completely off. And she wasn't even willing to do any tests. I would go in, complain of all these symptoms, and she literally would say to me, Z, you are my poster child. You are my poster patient. She's like, there is nothing wrong with you. And I'm sitting here telling her, I am sick. I cannot get out of bed. I cannot exercise. No, you're perfectly fine. You are my poster child. In fact, I need you to come talk to my patients who drink five sodas a day. I mean, that was her benchmark, was patients who drank mm. five Coke versus me. And so she just listened. So my husband really, in this case, was truly my backbone that said, no, let's go here. Let's go. She should have been, my primary care should have been triaging all this. Yeah. But instead, was the one who was kind of triaging me and getting me to see different subspecialties. At what point did, and I'm sorry if this is bringing more emotional stuff for you, but I appreciate the shame because I think it, your story is important. The reason why your story, I believe, is very important is because a lot of people are feeling that way, right? I mean, you know right. my story. I'm inflamed. You're my go-to person when something's going on with me. So like, do this, do this, do that. And I see the impact. That's really what I thought that if sharing your story is that what people are feeling health-wise, it's not just psychosomatic, right? It's not just in your mind, which has been told to us that if the modern medicine can't find your answer, it's in your head, go fix your head which is right. not true. It may be true sometimes, but it's not true most of the times. So right. that's why I wanted you to share your story. So when you were going that path, at some point you must have felt this is the end road, right? Kind of like when you're going through that and when you're in so much pain and nobody can help you, especially the doctors who are trained to, supposedly trained to help you, they can't really give you the answer. So either you're going crazy or something is really wrong with you, right? So how right. did you kind of sort yourself out at that point 
did that thought even come to you that are you going crazy and if it did how did you recover from that what is your jump point for you thankfully so really thankfully i have a very very strong mental perspective and after all these doctors like i said two hepatologists two rheumatologists two endocrinologists because we were going to each place unc and duke i had seen every subspecialty and by the end of it i want to say 75% of the practitioners had tried to push antidepressants on me. They wow. said you really need antidepressants there's nothing else. And I would look at them and say I am not depressed. I don't yeah. feel well. And thank God for my gusto and my ability to withstand all this to say I don't need depressants, antidepressants. I'm not against them. I'm not depressed. There's something else wrong with me. And I have such a really strong mental conviction that I was at the point that I said, "You know what? If you can't help me figure it out, I will figure it out." And I was lucky enough to have such a strong functional medicine background, but also to have some of my best friends have been are the most world-renowned naturopathic doctors and DOs and functional medicine practitioners. So I really had the Rolodex at my disposal to call these people and say, "Look, they don't understand. I know what's on you help me." And so thankfully never got to that point that I felt that this was the end of the road. I was and I would keep telling my husband at the time too, not sure if it was whether my mental conviction or the fact that i have three young kids at that point that i was like i will heal myself i will mm. make sure I get out of this and heal myself but no <laughs> not what i need right now maybe another time but not now right now that's amazing so what was the how was the family dealing with this and kind of that point because of course you were there physically but you were not there energetically you were not there probably emotionally you were because you were dealing with so much how was family dealing how was that whole what was the dynamics of the family at that time so as i said my husband was my backbone he right. really amazing i mean he was an amazing little... guy we're going to get him on this show as well he's coming yeah so he was wonderful in understanding and knowing you know there's so many patients and groups that i'm on where the women will say that their husbands don't believe them like when they right. come home stuff is not done in the house their husbands get upset and it was never the case with me my husband really knew that she's not well and something's off so if there was things i couldn't do or empty a dishwasher or you know do stuff like i couldn't drive the kids around so much i could do of course i would drop them to school and i would pick them up right. but that's he would do a lot of stuff so thankfully he was very understanding but as far as my kids were concerned my oldest understood at the time he may have been maybe 10 so he understood that okay mom's not feeling well and mom's not feeling great and then my younger one was 8 and my daughter at the time was 6 i think it was a very tough concept for them yeah. now back they talk a lot about it and in fact my daughter was talking about starting an affinity group in school for you know moms with chronic illnesses like that so That's now and definitely had an impact on them but at the time they were so young they just wanted mom to kind of hang out and you know mom to do stuff with them i remember just the playground stuff was really difficult going out to play with them was really difficult so those were some of the things that they probably didn't understand of course the mood swings and then when you're not well you don't always feel good emotionally so those are some of the things that might have been tougher for them but from a social perspective i completely stopped going out for about a year the funny part is with these diseases and even as you know chronic inflammatory stuff on the outside you look normal yeah. so when you go to a social event 
nobody knows what you're dealing with. Yeah, you might be a little bit more quieter. You may not dance as much. You definitely are not drinking or any of that stuff, but you still look normal. I don't think any of my friends knew that I was so sick until mm. a year later when I was on my healing journey that one of my closest friends, I think I was about a year and a half out that I divulged this journey to her and she was shocked because she had no idea. So on the outside, on the social perspective, I think it's easy to just be there for an hour or two. Nobody really right. realized. But on a day basis, I think my family and kids felt it. What an amazing journey. I mean, amazing in the sense, not the journey that you would want on anyone to have. I always talk about this show, right? If you didn't have that journey, you would not be the person you are today. And we wouldn't be sharing this journey on the show where that story can have an impact on so many people who are sure. suffering at the... Modern medicine has a place to play, right? So this definitely has a place to play. I believe in that. But like anything else in life, it's not the end-all be-all. And at right. some point, you have to know, like we talk about this show, a lot about tax savings, right? Yeah, you can go to the CPA, but you got to take control of the understanding of the tax planning yourself, which is health yourself and being the show we are health is where the wealth really starts if right. you don't have the health and you saw it in your story when you didn't feel right no matter how much money you had you didn't feel right you can't enjoy that money so what's the point in having all the money if you can't really enjoy it so health is where it starts i know you're i'm preaching the choir because now you keep telling me that's the same story that you <laughs> gotta be healthy so i'm basically yeah. telling you what you tell me so that's interesting but Zankara, so now we're at a point where, you know what, you had you had your ups and downs. You, of course, started a lot of different businesses. And I, I think, as Steve Jobs always says, looking back in life, the connecting, the, when you start connecting the dots, it's actually a straight line, right? Yeah. But it's never a straight line. So in your life, now you're at this point where you're training as a physical therapist. You're training as an entrepreneur because of starting different businesses. Your journey for your own healing everything has led you to the path where you're now focused on healing other people, right? Right. So help us now, where is your focus going forward and how do you feel about it? Sure. And to kind of piggyback on a point you made, you know, about my journey, I was practicing functional medicine for about nine or 10 years already at that point, but I had yeah. a very an understanding of the disease process. And yes, I would tell my clients and patients, let's do this, this, and this. Until you're actually in it and you're the right. person living that story day to day and you see what it feels like, you cannot be the best teacher. You cannot be, like you said, if you're you know, having an accountant do your taxes, you really have to you know, advocate for yourself. And so this is the same right. thing. Put me in my own shoes, completely different perspective that, wait, I could go from this really fit and healthy and, you know, uber biohacking type individual to completely sick, then what changed? And now that I'm so sick, everything that I always told my patients to do, I have to do it, but I was having reactions to supplements. I was having reactions, right. you know, so I'm now on the other end of everything that told to do i'm on the other end but some of that stuff's not working for me and so then that's the journey that then involved me really learning understanding and now in turn being able to give back and teach how to do this journey how to heal how to handle adverse reactions how to handle you know things that you mm. cannot tolerate so it really changes that whole journey and i think it's also it probably brings uh, makes you more relatable right to your patients yeah that they're not talking to somebody who just went to some school or did some three years of 
schooling in some some practice and they come and telling you what to do no that's not the reason right. why you may have done that as well but you mm-hmm. actually tested the stuff on you first not willingly but you ended yeah. up testing it anyways so what? that actually makes it more relatable like i'm talking to zankna she would know what i'm going through because she went through a similar stuff my our pain sure. levels may be different our life may be different but she has gone through it so when i talk to you I know you don't think I'm crazy. I don't right. need antidepressants as the first solution. I don't yeah. need therapy. I need to somebody to understand me and what I'm going through and help me figure out, right? Right. And your path may not be their path, right? What right. you the what supplements you took doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fix me. But you can help me carve that path out. Right. Is that correct statement? That's actually very accurate and you know I'm on so many chronic illness groups and things that i help out and kind of advocate for patients they love to see a story of triumph they love to see right. a story when you're so sick and when i was so sick i couldn't imagine being healthy again and how would i ever get there when i felt so sick so when you see someone talking with the story of triumph that you're going you know what i can do it too you know what there is light at this end of this tunnel that this could right. And so I think on both counts from experience as well, really saying look been there done that and I've come out on the other side makes a huge impact for these patients. Yeah, you can now be the Yoda. Yeah, help them <laughs> yeah. fix it because you you have been through that journey, right? Now they can listen to you and relate to you more. So and I I love that. I always tell folks, right, when we go to see a movie, we'll never want to see a movie where the protagonist had a perfect life and it ends on a perfect note. We want to go to a movie where there's ups and downs, there's challenges that they were coming, but when it happens to us, we forget that life right. is built in a manner that it's going to have up and down. But thankfully, if you have a guide like yourself along the way, right? Especially when the downs are coming in. Ups are easy to handle. It's the downs that in the life that people can't really deal with or don't know how to deal with. And in the down they're the most vulnerable, which right. is where they're like, I mean, thankfully for you, you did not listen to the doctors about the antidepressant because I don't even know what the effect of that would have been on your condition given what you're going through but I'm glad you didn't but not everyone is as strong as you right, right. somebody would just give in to it but having right. that source someone like you so now let's talk about how do you work with your patients Sankana so let's say I have and we'll take a case study so let's say I have a chronic illness which I do and I come to you so how do you work with someone like me what do you ask them help us understand your day in life with that patient So we basically start off with an initial consult and it's a very very deep dive into the patient's life. You know, starting from their birth history to very early on, early years disease process, how healthy were they as a kid, how healthy were they as an adult, kind of their college life, what they did, and really starting to go into what was the antecedents that got them sick? What are the mediators that got them to this point? You know, things like that. So really going to a deep dive into their history but then also when was the last time they felt healthy what was it like you know in my life was definitely a turning point some people it's gradual some people it's a tick bite some people is covid i mean it's just you know high stress a traumatic event death of a family member so at what point did your health take that complete turn and so then that's what we start focusing on so the initial session is really just getting to know the patient know their history doing a deep dive in a lot of this stuff and then finding out when the last time they were the, felt the best they were the healthiest and then we kind of formulate 
a whole plan based on what we found at that session. So how receptive are, because I mean, you're asking people to be naked in front of you, right? right. Not literally, but figuratively, oh, right? Yeah. Because they have to, so how do you establish that trust with somebody? So if I just watch this episode, and I want to have a consult with you. I don't know you, right? right? I'm completely new to you, but you're asking them to go tell them your deepest secrets, tell you their deepest secrets, which they may not have shared with a lot of folks. How do you overcome that resistance? So thankfully, by the time people get to me, they are ready. By the time they get to this point of, like, especially in my case, like sheer illness, no answers, medicine cannot, modern medicine cannot figure you out and you feel very sick. Mm. So thankfully, at that point, they are willing, ready and open. And luckily, I happen to be a stranger to them. So sometimes it's much easier True. to divert these things to a stranger, whether it's childhood trauma, you know, something that happened that was a turning point, a divorce, you know, things like that. It's much easier to kind of discuss with what I would call more of a, you know, your practitioner. Right. And so that's not really a problem. And the beauty of it is when patients, <clears throat> unfortunately, they are very sick, but they're at their wits end. So they're really willing to do anything and they're compliant at that point versus on in their journey when it's like, well, yeah, this is, you're asking a lot out of me. I don't have this much time in a day. So we're not, you know, I'm not going to be able to do so many. Right. So on all counts, I usually get very compliant and receptive perfect, patients. Perfect. Why are these turning points in life so important to for you to know? Like, let's say somebody went to divorce. Is it because everything starts with an emotional trauma or what is going on with this discovery process? Is it always an emotional trigger attached to something? Is it something biologically happening with you? Or is, how is it all? Help us, help me understand that because it's an interesting perspective, right? So yes, somebody went through a divorce and it's an emotional event, but how does that translate into what they're feeling now? So I did an informal poll on my Facebook group that I run as a support group and 80% of the people that responded had an emotional event attached mm. to the other 20% were either like a car accident or a tick bite, you know, COVID, you know, things like that. But 80% of the people that responded were tied to an emotional event or trauma or something like that. So having said that, absolutely. I think that at some point, or like we take an example of a person going through a divorce, you've had to have had, you know, three, four, five, maybe even 10 years with a spouse that you didn't get along with. And yeah. that just led up to a series of, you know, events. And so you were really living in the state of emotional trauma, if I may, at that until that point. And so when the divorce happens, it's kind of like that threshold where the gates, the dam gates are opened and all that water just comes out. So right. there is always a predisposing factor, but I think the straw that broke the camel's back is usually an event like that. And so, yes, yeah. it is you in. And it's also years of abusing your body. When we're in our 20s, we can eat pizza at one o'clock at night and have two beers and be perfectly fine. Right. And so we've done this for years in our body that it gets to a point that it says, okay, now I can't take this physical abuse anymore where you're eating all this junk and you're partying and having late nights and drinking alcohol. And so then it reaches a threshold that it says, okay, I can't, I can't even hmm. hold this. Wow. So now why? I'm very interested in the emotional triggers, right? Because usually everything, I mean, if you're partying like that in a college, there's something else emotionally that's happening with you anyways, because right, it's just right. a manifestation of that. 
that you're going out because you're probably rebelling something or you're trying to be feel free. So it's really always an emotional relation, right? So when somebody has a negative emotional reaction, why can't the modern medicine find it? I mean, a lot of these things are not palpable. They're not measurable. You know, in my case too, when I went through so much testing, I was sick as anything and bedridden, but every test of mine kept coming back perfect. There was not a single piece of blood work that showed anything, yet I was so sick. So a lot of these things are not palpable. There's something that we call the HPA axis, which is the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And that is one of the biggest factors in emotional issues, emotional trauma issues that lead to chronic illness. And that is a lot of my focus of my work with my chronic illness patients is we start healing the HPA axis. So that's the axis that when there is the tiger, the fight or flight, it goes into overdrive. Now, most normal people, it comes back down, body realizes, okay, tiger's gone. We don't need to produce all these stress hormones anymore. Come back to baseline. When you have that for years and years, whether it's with, you know, a problem in a marriage or an abusive childhood or, you know, any kind of emotional triggers, stress at a job, you know, getting laid off and then not finding a job back for another year or two, things like that, that fight or flight vicious cycle never stops. And so in doing so, what happens, and there's a whole science behind it, what happens, HPA axis is triggered off and it's activated is then a cascade of events, which if they don't stop, then they cause inflammatory issues and all imbalances and your adrenals start getting taxed and things like that. And so that's when you start getting disease process. So when you are working with some patient, are you running these tests? So the tests are non-conclusive anyways. So how are you identifying as a functional doctor what's going on with them? Because most of their tests may also come, or you're running different type of tests which the modern medicine is not running. How is that? I don't want to say modern medicine is a negative thing because I think functional practice is also incorporating medicine, uh, modern medicine inside of it. How are you running the tests that are different than them? Yeah, so a lot of the tests that are done are not typically what you see from blood work with conventional medicine. Ah. So a lot of is done for hormones, your cortisol level, which is your stress level. You know, we check a cortisol awakening response where your cortisol is checked four or five times in the day things like that. So a lot of this stuff is done in modern medicine. I tend to not lean towards testing a lot. It is expensive to begin with. And so I veer away from testing. I do testing and I think it's very important in things like checking hormones, checking your minerals, you know, things like that, checking your cortisol levels. You know, if you really have a reverse cortisol pattern, you're wide awake at night and like barely able to function during the day. So some of these things are very important, but Mm -hmm. I not overdo it with the testing. More of it for me is just listening to the patients and listening to their story and their concerns. And then from that point on saying, okay, let's work on X, Y, Z until help you versus let's do this million dollar testing and then we can help you. Got it. Got it. So Zankana, question for you and feel free if you don't have an answer to that, because I don't know if there's a stat available for this as well or not. Can functional medicine cure everyone? Are there certain folks who may not be treatable to functional medicine? Is there anything that when somebody's reaching out to you, of course, you're also figuring out, can you help them, right? You're not going to take on a patient that if you think you may not be able to help them, of course, you may try it, 
But what is not, who is not a good candidate for functional medicine? If there is one. To answer your first question, you know, can functional medicine treat 100% of the patients? Probably not. I don't think even modern medicine, the most cutting edge technology, you know, surgeons, any of that can guarantee you that. So I think that to answer that question, probably not. We can't cure 100% of the patients, but can functional medicine get a lot of patients back functionally and back to baseline? I think so. think so and it takes a lot of deep knowledge various systems looking at the root cause of the illness treating the body as a whole there's a lot of it's a multifaceted approach that goes into this and so i do think that yes you can get a lot of patients back to baseline back to being functional from that perspective who is not a good candidate for functional medicine i don't i don't think there's anyone that's not a good candidate because at the end of the day anybody wants to you know have health and wellness and longevity lead a pain-free life, lead a you know long, healthy life. So I don't think that there's anybody that is not a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and medicine is a little expensive. Um, and so I, I really hope that in the next few years that turned around and it's recognized more widely and insurance is accepted more. And that's one of the main reasons why I really started my support groups that I started and also started a lot of the help and like providing things on the website that I do because it's actually very expensive. And yeah. I, like I I was lucky to have a lot of those resources and contacts and dear friends that did this for me with just a quick phone call. And so I do think that it is a little bit on the expensive side. Yeah, but I think I, would, I do want to add a perspective to that, right? So expensive as compared to what, right? Right. So it's always, yes, everything is expensive in life, especially, unfortunately, good things in life are expensive. When I say good, not in terms of Ferrari, I'm yeah. talking about good things as in organic food, as in clean air, all these things are expensive, but expensive compared to what? If you're going to be suffering your health and you're anyways paying modern medicines, the money to the pharmacist or to the pharmacy or to the doctors, if you can if you can figure out a way to work with a functional practitioners like yourself and recover mm-hmm. your health you're going to save a lot more money and hopefully live a much better life and a longer right. life right? right so i think it's always long, you have to think yeah in the long term it works out to be a lot cheaper to be um, a lot cheaper yeah when you're bedridden and when you're you know people pay four dollars and fifty cents for a starbucks cup of coffee some of this stuff i mean you can easily just pay that kind Correct. of money day-to-day basis and still feel better so no, i agree i completely agree with you. so i'm a believer of course i mean of course after meeting you even before yeah. but after <laughs> yeah. meeting you and what the impact you've had on my life and everyone else's around me i can see that so i'm definitely a believer so z we're coming to the end of our show i want to respect for your time thank you again for sharing all your amazing stories we always end the show with two notes right so one is going back to your 20 year old self mm-hmm. What are some of the two or three key insights that you would share with your 20-year-old self or with your daughter, with your kid, with your sons to make their migration in life very intentional, right? The path they choose, each path, each choice, everyone has multiple choices, but every choice leads you to a different direction. What are going to be your insights and your recommendations to someone in your 20s or you back in 20s to make that path more intentional? I mean, I'll definitely say this, looking back at my 20-year-old self, and I was, for the most part, pretty healthy and a very you know, good eater and exercising and things like that, but there's a lot of information and knowledge I didn't have. So now looking back and raising three kids, you know, pretty much three of them are teenagers at this point, 
it's really pertinent to take care of your body. You yeah. only have one body and it's not replaceable. So take body that is critical. Yes, it's fun in college to have your party days and your late nights and beer pongs and things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, you have to take care of your hey, body. Wait a second. You know, your kids are going to listen to this. Is beer pongs, <laughs> are you approving of that? <laughs> I hope that they know the harmful effects of alcohol and especially in those yeah. large quantities, things like that. So yeah, a lot of it is just education. I wish I knew so much more. I wish I knew it so much earlier, even though despite leading a very healthy life, raised in a Ayurvedic home my whole life as a child, some of this information is so much newer and better now than it was back then. So that's definitely, you know, one factor. And then just really looking back at my kids and we do this with our kids quite a bit is to not lead a very conventional life like mm -hmm. we did typical and you did i did we migrated we came to america we worked you know we worked and then we got married and then we had kids and all of this stuff i think at the end of the day we try to give our kids such a well-rounded experience and you know that we travel the world we yeah. do courses over the world and to really teach them that it's not just these cookie cutter steps that you need to be jumping through life. You really need to take time to smell the roses, but along the way, find your passion, find what you love doing. You don't have to do the conventional mold of, you know, jumping from, you know, step stone to step stone versus saying, this is what makes me happy. This is what I want to, you know, further my knowledge in. This is the field of work that I want to go in. And then kind of let life guide you yeah. along those notions. I think that no, becomes... Guys, I think you guys are living proof of that, right? Because I see your kids. So you guys are an amazing, you've done an amazing job. So all the kudos to you and Selim. So we definitely, I think these insights make sense. Now, the last question of the show, Zankna, is... So we've talked about your life. You talked about kind of like looking back at life. Let's take a higher perspective of humanity in general, right? What do you think the humanity as whole needs to migrate towards? What's missing? I really think health and wellness from a physical, mental, emotional perspective. I think in general, as human beings, if we gravitate towards taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind, and then taking care of your emotional well-being, the world would be a different place. We really taking care of each other, taking care of ourselves. I mean, really putting focus on healthy food, healthy, clean air, water, all of that physical aspect, but then the emotional aspect of your mental and, you know, health and well-being and things like that. And then cognitively too. And so if you really, as a human being, focus on this and you have your family focusing on this, I think we could make this world a super, supercharged. Take yes. care of your body, your mind, your spirit, right? And then That's everything great. else will follow. That's everything. amazing. We really are tied in, especially, you know, people think, well, I meditate, you know, once in a while or whatever. It doesn't work for me. But when you combine the three, when you have the spiritual, the emotional aspects, your physical aspects immediately start improving. Ozzy, I love that. On that high note, I want to thank you for the show. Now, where can listeners find you? So all social media platforms, the website is hcilcode.com. So it's Healing Chronic Illness and Longevity Code, the code to being healthy. So hcilcode.com. And there you'll find all the Facebook icons, Twitter, 
Instagram, things like that. So you'll find everything on there. And then we run a support group, Healing Chronic Illness and Longevity. If you want to just join the support group, people are constantly throwing questions in there. I give advice for free. Any of these places, you can find us. Awesome. Well, thank you, Z. We'll include those links in the show notes below. But again, I really appreciate the time that you've spent on sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your journey. Thank you for being you. No, and thank you for having me because even your listeners that are all these big time entrepreneurs, business people, you know, techies and really, really smart people in the world. I think that focusing on your health is very, very important. So thank you, Saket. I think the message is loud and clear. See? All right. Thank you. Thank you again. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.